Welcome to the AZPM News Daily, a wrap-up of all the day's coverage from Arizona Public Media. I'm Steve Jess. In the news today, a couple of different stories that concern immigration, also endangered species and wildlife in southern Arizona, and a deep dive into proposed raises for the Tucson mayor and city council members. But first, the Arizona Diamondbacks defeated the Philadelphia Phillies 5-1 in Game 6 of the National League Championship Series in Philadelphia. That ties the series at three games apiece, with the decisive seventh game to be played Tuesday night in Philly. The winner will represent the National League in the World Series against either the Houston Astros or Texas Rangers. Families make up a rapidly growing portion of the migrants arriving at the U.S.-Mexico border. Nowhere is this more apparent than in the Border Patrol's Tucson sector. Danielle Camara has more. Families accounted for more than a third of the nearly 2.5 million migrant apprehensions at the U.S.-Mexico border in fiscal year 2023, which ended with September. The Tucson sector saw the largest increase in families of any southern border enforcement region, according to federal data released over the weekend. The percentage of families in the Tucson sector increased from less than 7% of encounters in 2022 to more than 35% at nearly 132,000 people. Families primarily came from Mexico and Guatemala, followed by Ecuador, India, Colombia, Cuba, and Peru. I'm Danielle Camara, AZPM News. A new policy requires asylum seekers to use a U.S. government app called CBP-1 to make an appointment at a handful of ports of entry. As Elisa Resnick reports from the Fronteras desk, those who don't will have a harder time getting asylum. Under the new policy, asylum seekers are supposed to use the U.S. government app CBP-1 to make an appointment at a handful of ports of entry. Those who don't face a higher legal threshold for eventually getting asylum. Christina Asensio with Human Rights First says her report found migrants waiting for CBP-1 appointments are being targeted by organized crime. Um, Really escalated numbers of kidnappings and then violence that accompanies um, these kidnapping situations of sexual violence and of torture and you know, physical violence, and no one is really spared. Aid workers and asylum seekers who spoke with Asensio's team detailed threats and violence in border cities, including Nogales, where an LGBTQ asylum seeker was found dead in his home while waiting to approach the port of entry. In Tucson, I'm Elisa Resnick. Pima County Chief Medical Officer Francisco Garcia has been elected into the National Academy of Medicine. Garcia took the job as director of the health department in 2013 and was promoted to assistant county administrator for health services and chief medical officer in 2017 and in 2019 to his current position. He is responsible for the oversight of several departments, including county health, behavioral health, environmental quality, and community and workforce development. Thousands of sandhill cranes are winging their way to southeastern Arizona on their annual migration. Paola Rodriguez reports. Arizonans can observe almost 20,000 of these birds via a live stream from the Arizona Game and Fish Department. There are 15 species of cranes worldwide, with two residing in North America, the abundant sandhill and endangered whooping crane. The cranes will make their return to the north between late February and the middle of March next year, some going as far as Alaska and Siberia. 
The department says the best time to view these cranes is 30 minutes before and after sunrise, but the live stream has infrared technology to view the birds at night. I'm Paola Rodriguez, AZPM News. Arizona Game and Fish has released its quarterly update on the state of the Mexican wolf population. Katya Mendoza has more on this summer's findings. Nine new Mexican wolf mortalities were documented towards the end of the summer. Three wolves died in Arizona and six in New Mexico, bringing the total number of documented mortalities to 21 this year. Two deaths have been reported as suspected illegal killings and are under investigation. Mexican wolf coordinator Jim DeVos says of the 16 captive wolf pups that were fostered in April, at least one is known to be alive. So they're about six months old. Now they're actually big enough to be captured. The official wolf pup count will begin later this winter. I'm Katia Mendoza, AZPM News. Temperatures are expected to cool down across Arizona this week, but the chance for wildfires is still a concern. The Arizona Department of Forestry and Fire Management says wildfire danger is still persistent in central and southern Arizona because of the lack of moisture. The National Weather Service calls for afternoon high temperatures to return closer to normal after last week's triple-digit and record-breaking heat. A group of advocates for additional restrictions on voting wants a judge to outlaw the use of ballot drop boxes in Arizona. From KJZZ, Bridget Dowd in Phoenix has more. Attorneys for the Free Enterprise Club say Arizona law only allows a ballot to be submitted in certain ways, delivered to county election offices, dropped in the mail, or returned to a polling place. But the Secretary of State's Elections Procedures Manual says counties can set up unmonitored drop boxes and have retrievers collect ballots left there to be tallied. And whatever's in that manual is backed up by state law. A lawyer for the group fighting the boxes says the manual can't allow what's not specifically authorized by the legislature, which includes drop boxes. He wants a Yavapai County Superior Court judge to bar Arizona election officials from using them. Bridget Dowd, KJZZ News, Phoenix. Tucson's mayor and city council haven't had a raise in 23 years. In hopes of changing that, a volunteer commission drafted Proposition 413, which is on the city of Tucson ballot. If it passes, 413 would more than triple city council members' salary. But passing salary increases for elected officials has always been a struggle in Tucson, and the question of how much they should get paid is even harder to answer. AZPM's Hannah Cree explores why this is and turns to the experts to explain what that paycheck says about the state of our politics in this feature report. Prop 413 has the potential to boost each Tucson council member's salary from $24,000 to $76,000 a year and the mayor's salary from $42,000 to nearly $96,000. But Republicans like Tucson mayoral candidate J.L. Wittenbreaker say the raises are just too high too fast. It's an excessive increase, and if I were on the commission, I would recommend incremental increases with time served. The actual dollar amount is set by a volunteer commission that meets every two years to discuss possible raises. One member of the commission dissented on 2023's formal recommendation, saying they couldn't sign off because the salaries were too high. But the other six commissioners said raising the salary to a livable wage would, quote, attract Tucson citizens of all backgrounds to public service. But the bigger question of how much we should pay our elected officials is complicated. Dr. Eric Hansen at Loyola University Chicago says this can easily turn into a political question. 
But if you don't see the value, if you feel distant or disconnected from your members of government, why would you reward that with higher pay? Dr. Lisa Sanchez of the University of Arizona's School of Government and Public Policy also says this question has a lot to do with the general opinion of public service. We tend to think uh, as Americans of public officials being these sort of altruistic public servants, right? And so if we think of them in that way, it suggests that they should be kind of, you know, not motivated by incentives like pay. Sanchez says the reality is public service is a career and in some jurisdictions, a very lucrative one. Fresno, California, a city virtually the same size as Tucson, pays its council members around $80,000 annually, while Mesa, Arizona, pays $41,000. It's safe to say there is no standard for how much a city council member is paid in the U.S. Democratic activist groups argue that since the city council does not offer a living wage, only people in a certain financial situation are able to run for office. And those people don't represent the majority of Tucson residents. They want to see salaries go up so the working class, women, and minorities can afford to give up jobs in the private sector to be full-time public officials. Dr. Hansen and Dr. Nick Carnes of Duke University published one of the only academic studies examining the claim that increasing legislative salaries incentivizes more working class people to run for office. Their 2016 study used data from state legislatures and found that actually the economic diversity was the same or worse in states that pay their legislators more. They found evidence that paying politicians more increases the appeal of public office, especially to professionals who already earn high salaries, which increases competition. And although a higher salary might make more people want to run, Dr. Carnes says they aren't necessarily the working class. Anybody who can't just give up, you know, 20 to 40 hours a week to volunteer for their own campaign kind of can't afford to run for office. And that seems to be the bigger barrier for working class people. And that salary is just one feature of a political system that has many barriers to entry. This is built into the nature of the process. It's burdensome to run for office. You know, as long as you have campaigns as your way of selecting people for office, there's not going to be an easy answer to the question of like, how do you make it more accessible to people? It's important to note that Hansen and Karn's research was limited to exploring income alone. Even less research exists on whether increasing salaries has any impact on underrepresented groups choosing to run for office, such as women and people of color. Many of Prop 413 supporters say Tucson wants to see a more diverse city council, and approving a higher salary, they say, will help get these groups in office. Only the upcoming election will tell whether Tucson has decided it's time to give its elected officials a raise, or if they'll have to wait another two years and try again. I'm Hannah Curry, AZPM News. And that should catch you up on everything we've covered today at Arizona Public Media. I'm Steve Jess. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe to the AZPM News Daily wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow.